the word. Thank you, Olu. Um, good morning, everybody. Um, and I too would like to extend a, a warm welcome to every one of you, um, in particular our, our visitors, our guests with us here today, um, um, Balve, um, Rugi, um, Shirley, um, so many different ones I can't even see on the under um, screen. Is it UZ? Um, forgive me if I've pronounced your name incorrectly. But welcome to every single one of you. And um, apologies if I've not mentioned your name. But um, just really want to, um, really want you to just open up your hearts to the word, um, to the word of the Lord. Um, and as we pray, as we just ask the Lord to just help us. Father, we just come before you this morning. Lord, we just pray that you will help us to, um, as we look into your word, Father, that your word will really touch the hearts of your people. Father, that we will be transformed from glory to glory and from faith to faith. I pray, Father, that we will not leave, Father, we won't leave the way that we came, Father, but we'll leave transformed and that, Father, we'll be um, drawn closer to you by your spirit. We pray, Father, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, Father, to touch our hearts, Father, so that we can be, see you in a clearer way. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, good morning once again. Um, and um, thank you, Olive, for um, once again for praying. And thank you, John Mark, for the communion. And um, Ozzy for leading us in this time of prayer this morning. So this morning, I want us to continue on with what we've been sharing um, two weeks ago. I was looking at um, a topic of an encounter with him. Um, and for the, the sake of those who are tuning in for the first time and have not um, heard what I was sharing a, a few weeks ago, I'd like to take this opportunity to just um, recap on a few things and what I said just before. Um, so, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, it reads this. It says, that I, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, it reads this. When I first came to you, Dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan, for I decided that I, while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were was very plain rather than using clever and persuasive words or persuasive speeches i relied 
only on the power of the Holy Spirit. And then the final scripture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5, it says, For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that, you, that what we said was true. And you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were with you, was with you. And as we look at this, this topic of um, the, an encounter with him, the, the re reason why I really felt it really strong in my heart was as we look at this, this um, global situation that we are in, um, we're, we're facing a pandemic that, that has a, affected so many different things. It's affected relationships, it's affected um, jobs, it's affected finances, um, and, and so many other things. And we as the body of Christ, the church, um, the ecclesia, the called out ones, need to have, make an impact. And um, we was looking at um, if we want to make a true kingdom impact, um, one of the things I said we needed to do, we need to understand what the kingdom is. So we said that a kingdom is a, 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 um, is a, is a country, it's a state or a territory that's ruled by a king. And we want to make an uh, impact with the kingdom. And when we're talking um, kingdom impact in our nation, in our community, um, and I mentioned um, a few of the acronyms that, um, that was mentioned by Pastor Joe. Um, and just by way of recap, I'll mention them here. So he mentioned that impact is leadership by influence through Christ. Impact is means fulfilling our mission to making disciples. And impact will require devotion to prayer. Impact is demonstrating the kingdom authority. And impact demands that we are blessing our community. And impact requires team as we, requires team life as a local church. And the impact that, um, that I wanted to really focus on was really devotion to prayer. Um, and as I said, it's not really, um, I'm not going to be really focusing on prayer, really going to be focusing on the aspect of encountering him because that's the closest that is associated to the impact that um, I've just mentioned there. And Jesus puts it, puts it like this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we are wanting to make, um, an, in, in, in order for us to really, truly make an impact, we have to, it would be wise, it would be prudent for each of us to follow our, um, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, and his example in how he made an impact, in how he made um, change, in brought change to his community. And so with that, I mentioned a few verses of scripture. 
just pointing out about the life of Jesus. And with Jesus, the scripture says in Luke chapter 2, verse 50, in verse 52, it says that, and Jesus increased, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. And so the Bible says like how he, there was like a, a change, there was a transformation. There was, he did not stay in, in one stage or one level. In, in, in order for him to be, be able to bring the change and bring an impact to his community, there was, there was increase. The Bible says like how he increased in wisdom, how he increased in stature, he increased in favor with God, not only with God, but with man. There was a, a, a transformation there. And then the Bible also mentioned, mentions this in the, the, the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse um, 30. Jesus recognizes and says, Look, he says, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. So with Jesus, he, he not only um, was, he was transformed, but he consistently pursued to um, have um, the, the will of, of the Father implemented, but he was continuously seeking the face of God, continuously wanting an encounter, continuously wanting to bring change to his community. But it, he knew that in order to bring change to this world, there had to be an encounter. There had to be spending time in the presence of God. And so what happened with Jesus every single time when he ministered, he did not minister out of um, storybooks. He did not minister out of what someone else told him. He always ministered out of his encounter. And this is what I, I wanted to really drive home. That when we minister out of our encounter, there is then true conviction in what we are sharing because it will not be the enticing words of men's wisdom, but it will truly be the demonstration of the power of the spirit that when people will be able to hear us as a, as a Christian, there will be true demonstration and the power of God. We then looked at in, in the gospel of chapter um, John chapter 5 and verse 30, Jesus said this, he recognized that this, he says, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which sent me. He recognized that without God, without God actually intervening, without 
God the Father coming and unveiling to him and bringing him revelation and him spending time in the presence of the Father, he would not be able to come about and bring the impact, to bring the kingdom impact upon his community, upon the people that he surrounded. There was no other way. The only way that we can really truly make that impact is when we have that personal encounter, that thing that changes us, that thing that we always remember, that leaves a lasting remembrance on our heart of what he done has done for us. But not only that, but something that drives us with true heartfelt conviction to do whatever it is that he has asked us to do. And there are many people who had an encounter. There was one person I was going to mention um, just before we started. Saul, who converted to Paul, had a true encounter. The scripture says how he was going to be taking some Christians to be, um, um, they were all chained up on the road to Damascus. He had the paperwork for them because he wanted to do, he wanted to continue to persecute Christians. And the scripture says, like on the road to Damascus, this man who was educated, who was educated in the law, and a Pharisee, and he had so many credentials with him and so much um, knowledge and so much. He was an extremely educated man. But then one day on the road to Damascus, the Bible says like how a bright light, he saw a bright light and then he had an encounter. And then he says, who are you? And Jesus says, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks, to, 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 to stand this conviction that I'm giving you. And the scripture says how he was blind and how the, the Christians then took him um, somewhere. And then eventually he got his sight back. But my point is right there. From that point, he had an encounter because from that point, he went out preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, the exact same person who was seeking to kill Christians had a change in him and his conviction was so strong that he was willing to then start to speak and declare and to preach and to give a witness of what Christ had done for him and what Jesus is wanting to do in the lives of people and this is the conviction that we are wanting to have more and more and let me just add this you may be here and you may not have given your heart to Christ and the first thing the first part of this this journey of the encounter is that you give your heart to Christ that you, 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 you say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Save me. 
And then from that point that you embark upon a journey of discovery, a journey of where he will start to unfold. He will start to unveil. He will start to show. He will start to reveal to you the things that he wants you to do, the things that how he wants to bring change in your heart, the things that he needs you to do to bring change to communities, to nations, to people that you are surrounded by, all because you've had an encounter, a personal encounter with him. And this is what Paul the Apostle had. And in the scriptures, once again, it's, it's in Psalm 63, David himself had an encounter because it's, it's with the encounter that will change everything. You will not need to worry about the thing because the thing that whenever you are speaking out of, a, um, out of an encounter, you are speaking out of so much conviction you are speaking out of so much um, uh, of what God has done. It, it, it will cause you, it will drive you to do that thing. And let me read what is written here in Psalm 63. Now, David said this, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and gazed upon you, your power and your glory. So David recognized that it's in, in the presence of God. See, in verse 2, he says, I have seen you in the sanctuary. I've gazed upon you and your power and your glory. Because he recognized that as you and I, as we reside in the presence of God, and we have a heart that's thirsty, that's longing, because these are keys to having that breakthrough to that encounter. It's important to be thirsty to be longing, to be hungry, because as the scripture says, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. There has to be a longing. There has to be a yearning. There has to be a thirst for the encounter, for the move of, the, of God in your life so that there can be a tremendous change and so we can bring a change to our our community around us i want to also mention that after we've become born again that's really great we thank god for that experience but one of the things that i mentioned the last time we need to move on from that experience onto the next level, the next stop, the next phase where he wants us to be. Because in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it, it reads 
and we all with unveiled face continually seeing as a mirror the glory of the Lord are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to another which comes from the Lord who is the spirit as I said the, the born again experience the time when we come to faith or come to Christ is just the entry point is just the door but unfortunately sometimes we get stuck there and we camp around that experience but God wants us to progress he wants us to move forward he wants us to go further he wants us to go deeper he wants us to be more desperate for him because it is the as the scripture says that it's without him we can do nothing we are empty we are dry we are barren the scripture even goes on to say that it's in 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 the in the old testament that it is him that gives us the power to get wealth it's and the scripture says in the book of Acts that it is in him that we live and we move and we have our being. We, can, we are empty, we are dry and we are barren without him. And we as his body, the body of Christ, we are his hands, we are his feet, we are his mouthpiece, we are the, the ones that we are to, to declare the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And just by way of bringing some kind of definition, as it were, to an, an encounter. An encounter is a personal experience. A face-to-face -face experience just that that will cause such a, an, an impact upon the way that you view Christ and has an, a strong impact upon your relationship at the same time. It, it, it changes your, your, your worldview. It changes the way how you, your paradigm. You will not see things the way you, you, you did, you used to. All because you've had this encounter that has driven you to the place where you are. You are. So we got to this point the last time and we began to look at the dangers of not hungering after the Lord. The dangers of not, of, of, of becoming satisfied and the, the, I had a few things and I said that this is by no means exhaustive. The first thing I had here is that you will become religious. In the book of Matthew chapter 23 verse 25, it reads this. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of, of religious law and you Pharisees and hypocrites, 
for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. Now the Pharisees were religious leaders. The Sadducees, they, they were religious leaders. And religion is, we said that it, it is man's attempt to make lives, to try to make our lives right with God through our good works, through sacrifices, through ritual, rituals, and through money. That's man's attempt, attempt. But Christianity is not a religion. And Christianity is about encountering a relationship with Jesus Christ of Nazareth that will move you from one, one phase of glory to another. And when, when if we stay in the area of where what God has done for us, it's easy to become comfortable, it's easy to become um, relaxed and say, ah, oh, I've encountered Christ, great. Let me just sit back at ease in Zion because I've made it through the gate. And this is the dangerous thing because God wants us to go far beyond and to reach so many different people groups, different ones. As we always say, there are people that I cannot reach because God has placed you in a particular location that where you can reach a particular people group. And I, God has placed me in a particular people group that I have to reach. And that can, we can, as, as we seek to open ourselves to him, then he can use us to make inroads, to touch the lives and the hearts of people. And also help us not to remain in, in, in the area of just being comfortable where we are and being and, and doing things that is in our eyes, just, just making it look good for, for, for man. But we want to do all we can to please our maker and our redeemer. The second thing that I mentioned that was very important in terms of what could, what as, as to one of the dangers was pride. And, we, and I said that, um, so the, the scripture in Psalms 139, verse 23 to 24, it says, search me, O God, and know my thoughts, Know, know my heart, try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now with pride is now Satan displayed pride in the very presence of God and it is it's, it's a 
dangerous and it's a scary thing. And it's, we consistently need to present our hearts before the throne of grace for him to search us, for him to check our hearts, to see if there is any impurities in us so that we can get to that place of, of purity before him. Because the Bible says that how the heart is wicked and no man can entrust it. It's, it's deceptive. And so we consistently need to bring our hearts before his throne, asking him to search us, asking him to change us, asking him to say, Father, please forgive me of any wicked way, any wicked way in me so that we can really get to see his glory so that we can really truly have that encounter so that we can impact and touch up the lives of others and and, and with that it's important to keep that thing in our hearts that lord you this is the state of my heart. Please change me. Please renew me. Please revive me. I want to just touch, just before I end, I want to just touch on the next part um, about the dangers of not hungering. In this, the third thing is, is idolatry. It's idolatry. And in these verses, of, I mean, I don't have the, the time to, to read it, but it brings out the point about how is in Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 to 22. And next time when we come together, we'll read that. But with this, it's important that we make sure that there's no other person, there's no other, uh, that no other person takes the place where Christ is meant to be. Idolatry in the Old Testament always, always used to look like maybe that the golden calf or whatever. But in today's day, it could be something where you take anything that takes the place of, of Christ, where he, he is meant to be is idolatry simply put and we want to make sure that there's nothing else other than Christ in that place in that seat in the seat of our hearts and that he is taking that rightful place and I want to end there but I want to pray for us I want to pray for us that God will help us in, in, in going deeper, in encountering him, in bringing change to our community, in, in, in that he will help us to be mindful of these dangers. Father, we just come before you as your people. And Father, we just pray that you will assist us 
Father, that you will help us in our hearts. I pray first of all, Father, that you will help us to really have a true deep hunger for you, a thirst for you, Father, that will go far beyond everything else and everyone else, that Father will really have a yearning for you. Father, just like how David had a true longing and a hunger for you. We pray, Father, that you will touch our hearts. Please can you increase our appetites, Lord. Please can you touch us in such a way that, Father, we will pursue you more than anyone or anything or anything else in this earth. I pray, Father, also that you will help us, that you will help us in the area of um, of safeguard, of not being religious, of, of not being prideful, Lord, of not having idolatry in our hearts. Please, Father, can you have mercy upon us today? Please, Father, help us, Father, in those areas of our hearts, Father, where, where we've faltered, where we need to change, please can you help us, Father, because we want to have an encounter with you so that we can bring change to our world, so that we can get to know you better, so that you can truly, truly be our God and our friend and our saviour. Father, we thank you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to also pray. Um, if you are here and you would like to give your hearts to Christ, I would like to give you that opportunity to give your hearts to Jesus. Um, as I was sharing the word and maybe something that spoke to you, I want you to just... Um, just pray this prayer, you know, where you are. And then after you've prayed this prayer, if you can just reach out to us to let us know that you've prayed this prayer and you, you know, want to really live for Christ and um, be um, committed to him for the rest of your life. And we will help you um, to, you know, along your journey. So just pray this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I come before you. I thank you for your word. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I ask you to come into my life. Save me. Deliver me. Wash me. Help me to live for you, to serve you, I pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you did pray that prayer um, for the first time, um, welcome to the family. If that's you, um, if you could be kind enough to reach out um, to um, the person who brought you or 
you can send a message on the chat just to say it was yourself um, and we'll help you along your journey in seeking to get to know your maker Jesus Christ more and more that's wonderful well thank you very much and um, I pray that you've been blessed over to you 